Hello guys. Welcome back to Encore. Yes, hello. Hey hello. there. We are back with another episode and this time around we're going to be talking about Mood Indigo. Yes, very so Anna, excited. Yes. Did you want to start us All off? Right. So I chose the film Mood Indigo for us to talk about this week because it is one of my favourites. I probably watched it like four or five times I reckon, if not more. For those who haven't heard of it, it's a classic French film and book. It was um, written by Boris Vian in the early 20th century and then was recently adapted into a film. It stars Roman Duras and Audrey Tatao, who's of course famous for Amelie, The Da Vinci Code, A Very Long Engagement. And it's directed by Michael Gondry, who's made another film with Audrey Tatao called Micrombe and Gasoline. And he's also the director of The Science of Sleep and the classic um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, yeah. all of mm. which are amazing films. Good films. Mm. Good films. For a brief overview, the film Mood Indigo is about a man called Colin who's super rich, living a pleasant mm. life in Paris, or as you Cologne, do. As <laughs> they said in, in the film, yeah, because they're French. So. <laughs> um, very comfortable, and all of his friends around him start getting in relationships and falling in love, mm. and he gets a bit jealous. So he has to get set up and he meets Chloe. Mm. And the film kind of follows their love story, getting to know each other, they get married, and then they go on their honeymoon and Chloe gets sick and we see how that then affects their relationship. And it's a romance, but also it's just got so much more going on in it. Mm -hmm. It's a very visual film. Yes. It's very peculiar. It's very interesting. Good way to describe. Yes. Yes. Yes one of a kind. So let's just start off with some first impressions I reckon. What did you guys think of the film? Hmm I think it's got a major kind of element of realism versus fantasy and even how we expect love to be this thing where it's all perfect and roses and daisies and then um, real life issues start kind of clouding over and that is emulated in not only you know production design but also the color scheme and every other Mm. even the narrative of the film changes to reflect that human life and story so i think that's really interesting yeah i also i also thought the film was really engaging it was really interesting and there's a lot of things to look at um, to the point where you're sometimes like, oh, I don't know where to like have my eyes on. <laughs> there um, are so many things going on. Oh, there's on. so oh, many. Eventually, yes. you just have to kind of focus on the story because otherwise yeah. you're going to get bogged down in these times. And the thing with Gondry is that I think he's very much like a visual artist because I know he does a lot of things with like claymation. So there's a lot of visual elements, but they don't uh, really like skimp out on substance either. There's a lot of like storytelling in a way that it's not conventional, but it's really interesting. Um, I thought it was a real one of a kind, it was a good experience. Um, I don't know if I would say like I would want to watch it again just because there's a lot of things going on. <laughs> yeah. But I might need like a good good moment of hibernation. Yeah, a little breather. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a, like about like give it five years and then I'll watch it again. And you actually saw like, a different version, Great. didn't you? Because there's a theatrical cut and there's oh, a director's yes, cut. Um, that was really interesting. So I watched the um, theatrical cut. So that was like the original version that like, um, I guess like Andre intended it to be. And then he realized um, like the the novel that you talked about, like the um, mm. froth on the 
Froth on the Daydream. On the Daydream, yeah. yeah. Apparently that's like a real like quintessential French teen It's a cult novel. classic, yeah. yeah. Um, it was really big, I think, in the 70s and 80s. Mm. Yeah. So apparently a lot of people read it and Gondry didn't want to enforce like his visuals to the readers so that like they think it matches up with like his film like he wanted them to still have like their own version of it with them as like a piece of memory and stuff like that and that's why he edited it down it's significantly shorter the international version it's like 36 minutes shorter okay um but i kind of watched both of them um and it's basically a lot of dialogue that was cut out and a lot of effects as well like there's a scene where um colin he like cuts his eyelids oh. as a part of <laughs> I like didn't see this. Yeah, yeah I didn't see that too. Yeah, so that's the thing. Um so glad. he does that yeah. as like a part of like his morning routine. So he's like trimming his beard and like yeah. cutting his Ooh. eyelids and then it it okay. like goes oh, down yeah. the drain as like yeah. a claymation. Cool. Um it is very cool but they left that part out. Maybe it's because it was meant for like UK and US audiences. So they were like I think oh they maybe said that, yeah. yeah maybe it's not like the best for like Anglo audiences yeah. so they left out some of like the French wackiness yeah, not French enough for this yeah very yeah. French <laughs> um, but yeah but that's what I thought but in the end I think there isn't really that much of a difference between theatrical and like okay. international versions right. so it's okay you didn't miss out on anything just a little bit of like mm-hmm. filler dialogue yeah. and weird dance sequences <laughs> <laughs> um, I really enjoyed this film but I will say I agree. At times, it was like a bit too much yeah. coming at the audience, mm. and uh, I, I had to pause a few times to like take a breather. But um, really enjoyed it. I love how every opportunity the film does something weird, and where where you think something's normal, they they completely um, like. It's just so surprising to see the wackiest things on screen yeah. um, happening in succession and with such beautiful colours and um, yeah the story is really amazing as well so yeah I really enjoyed it that's so good yeah Yeah, I think they definitely kind of don't normalise everyday life no and I really like that because it kind of challenges your perception of just normal things almost like makes you try and find that weird and like beautiful and wacky stuff as opposed to like normal fantasies which are about like things that are so unachievable Mm. which is something I really liked about it and I think the idea of it being realistic is also challenged because you have, I think the one of the main themes that I found was um, the, the importance of wealth and how um, everything was colourful and beautiful when Colan was wealthy and then poverty was defined in a way where everything was grey and dark Mm. and walls were closing in and um, a lack of open spaces and and there was almost a childlike fantasy of of the prior life of love and then that kind of turned in the mood as they say turned indigo which was kind of melancholic or a a decreased or less intense yeah I saw that as like there's the storyline and I saw that everything around them kind of followed their emotions mm. so when they were really happy at the beginning it was a really like beautiful lovely happy imagery and then as they as um chloe got get sick mm. everything kind of goes bad everything so falls apart. visually it falls apart financially it falls apart mm. plot wise that like oh, yeah. everything goes bad so like yeah. everything kind of 
channels itself around this one oh, yeah. storyline and uh, just emulates itself around that. I love as well when I kind of didn't realise the transition of when this happened. Yeah. But when everything uh, is falling casual, apart yeah. and then exactly. you get to that grayscale. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's a point where it's black and white. Black black and white. white like, when did that happen? Yeah, yeah I, I, would, I was like five minutes in and I was like, oh crap, when did this happen? It was such a beautiful transition. Yeah, it but was, it just seemed yeah. like so fitted for the story as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And the amazing. pacing as well, the pacing of the music and of yeah. the dialogue mm-hmm. and of the character movement all changed. Yeah. And it was done very seamlessly, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Now, did you guys notice something about the idea of money, which I think um, was an interesting kind of theme? With money came dignity, I think, um, mm-hmm. because when Colan or Colin loses his um, money he simultaneously has to go into this job which is quite which you know objectifies him where he has to like <laughs> naked yeah <laughs> on a plan a little bit objectified just naked. a little yeah. military know? exactly oh, yeah. to produce Prevention. military weaponry and i think it's the literal meaning of losing your dignity when you lose money and it's kind of interesting how he goes about doing that and he does it all for love too I don't know I think I saw that I think as I said before I saw the loss of money and the loss of yeah his dignity as separate from each other but because of the plot because of what was happening because one okay because it was going bad because she was getting sick everything else Mm. got bad so like you know his pride diminished his money diminished yeah so I didn't see them as connected to each other though I saw them as connected to her connected to her Mm. rather than the money yeah, but obviously the money in the film is very important because we also have another character who's keeps asking him for money. Very filled, yeah. Oh, like yeah. She's just overcome by his yeah. greed yeah. because he really is obsessed with this one writer. Mm. Oh, do yeah. we have to talk about how it's very much like a drug addiction, and he takes it into <laughs> it in is. a form of pills. Yes. He drops it into like his eyes, like um, climax style. I don't know if you guys watched the climax, but there's a scene where a girl no. puts acid right into her eyes. It's very nice. Um, very nice. <laughs> yep. And you know, and it's also very like culty, like when yeah. um, P- Patre. I don't know if I'm like pronouncing his name correctly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots. But he's very much like a cult leader, and there's also like a scene where he's like super digitized in a way mm. because he's got like th- these like screen glasses on it's got a huge product- projector in the back and everyone's like oh I love you and then they like trip over each other yeah. and they're like oh gosh dang yeah. it I want to get to mm. his work first yeah um weird it's <laughs> it's a little weird it's, it's pretty wacky um but yes I don't uh, uh, that was a bit of a segue but the thing about money it's kind of funny because I money is kind of funny um, because I didn't really think about Colin's wealth all that much I, I kind of thought it was kind of like um, so at the at the start of the movie we don't really know where he gets his money from we just yeah. know he's he just inherited he doesn't wealth even work. yeah he's no. just rich and that's that yep. but because um, Chloe starts like getting ill and because because he's so desperate to get mm. her back to her health again. Mm. He starts paying attention to these things that he never really thought about before. Yeah. So I yeah. thought it was kind of just like um like accentuating how desperate she's he yeah, she's become. probably the yeah. catalyst. Yeah, yeah. and catalyst. he was pouring money into her condition. He was looking yeah, for alternative exactly. medicines and yeah. buying mm. her lots of flowers cuz yep. that was supposed yeah. to help. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is this spoiler free? Should we discuss 
the flowers. Like we kept saying she got sick. Yeah. We were uh, well, we already spoiled. Okay. Oh yeah, it's we're already in now. spoiler territory. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I think we're not spoiling the ending. As okay. she gets sick. Yeah. Because she gets sick because a flower. Yep. Enters mm. her lungs. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny Which how is. like that scene was dealt with as well. It's it deals with quite serious issues in an animated way. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's like it's like um kind of explaining it to how you would explain illness to a child. It's like oh, oh yeah, yeah exactly. It's a very little, light-hearted. A little butterfly flew into the lung. Oh. Or <laughs> yeah. With the like whole childlike thing, I kind of felt like the money issue was another aspect of how childlike all of the characters are and how yes. they're just kind of oh, like yeah. freely There's living their a lives. A massive sense of naivety oh, yeah. in every single character. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then when um, uh, she gets sick finally, it's like they're all kind of jolted into reality and they yeah. have to deal with they these all kind of adult issues. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when they previously didn't have to, they would just go skating and shopping yeah. um, and they didn't have a care in the world. Yeah, and yeah. the Just characters jolly old time. Jolly exactly. Old the characters become more complex as well. Oh yeah. In, oh yeah. In like I think, even though it was such a serious and bad thing to happen, it kind of helped with their character development mm. and made them more sure, three-dimensional sure. people they rather almost, than just yeah, yeah. They almost can't really deal with it. I feel like they all kind of yeah. really crumble. When they have to deal with serious yeah, issues, they're, yeah. they're all just kind of yeah. dying well, we away. We literally in their see own it way. with um. Nicholas, the chef, yes. and he starts aging because oh, yeah. of the stress. Oh, and he oh, ages so, yeah. like twenty cool years. Oh, yeah. um, when Chloe gets sick, because mm. yeah, so and we see sick, that with yeah. everyone, like, mm. and their feelings and emotions control the world around them. So, mm. I think each kind of aspect of the film is a way of the director to teach you something in like mm. a social issue whether that be following you know false prophets or something like that mm. like the writer or mm. the idea of greed with which destroyed chick in the end or yeah. building um a world where you kind of aren't in touch with your emotions mm. it all kind of comes down to the director teaching you something yeah, about yeah, the true. world i think um I know we're discussing themes, but I just kind of want to touch upon how I personally didn't really see, like, a coherent theme. Like, the storytelling mm. has motives, and it's mm. like, oh, it's nice to fall in love, but is it really, is it just, like, your idealized view <laughs> on yeah, it? Is it sustainable? Or, like, sort of mm. a thing. Yeah. Um, but... To me, in the end, it was just more about visual storytelling rather than, yeah. like, um, this is what it's about. Maybe consider yeah. it. It would be cool. I think for me, there was just this big sense of, like, this is the everyday. Mm. And we're going to, like, show you how differently we can interpret this, like, one thing. And, the, like, that follows the plot line of her getting sick and stuff. But it's a lot of it's about perception for mm. me, I think. Mm. Um, and that's, like, a massive theme. Is aided by the different visuals I guess and it's just talking mm. about how the things around you kind of affect yeah and you bring how up, you affect the things yeah. around you and how and yeah. how you can yeah. change that as well and how like in control we are mm. of mm. what we see yeah mm. does that make sense and our own lives and the exactly. extent to which we control our own lives mm. Mm. like and our um, happiness and like our own free will yeah. sort of oh, yeah. exactly and oh. you know the idea of being the authors of our own stories like yeah. when Colin was going to go and 
on the typewriter writing his trying own... Trying to change his yeah, life. Yeah, trying to change his yeah. life and then he gets taken away. Yeah. It's yeah. like, then what kind of control and freedom do we have exactly in writing our own script or mm, writing our own stories? I thought that was really interesting because there is this kind of... You don't see it very much, but you sometimes see them typing the book, which yeah. becomes oh, Red Indigo. Yeah, okay, um, right. And I find that really interesting. It's very, like, strange to see that. Mm, yeah. It really kind of takes you away from the story, but at the same time it's in such the style of the story that it feels mm. like you're still in it. Yeah. Right. You know? I kind of thought that the whole typewriter stuff mm-hmm. would be the main storyline originally. Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought that that's where it was heading and that these typewriters and the, these people in this weird... Um, Office space, it's like going a factory, it's like a production line or something. Of a book, yeah. yeah. But then it was, it wasn't touched upon that much, which I, no. I kind of like. Yeah, the story was super ex- unexpected. Yeah, it was just kind of like an industry of its own to write out mm. your life. But I don't know if um, this is just what I think because I, I don't know. I feel like maybe I don't understand Mood Indigo all that well <laughs> yeah. enough. I think it speaks it. to different people yeah. very differently. Um, but it appeared to me that when they're writing on their little typewriters, it seemed to me that everything's revolving around Colin and Chloe because they're writing about them. Mm. And I thought it was just kind of funny because as readers or like viewers ourselves we're following along their stories and you think it's them like carrying out their daily lives but really there's these like bunch of people who are behind it all yeah and they're just kind of like in your way absolutely yeah this film is so interesting because we tend to kind of want to find meaning behind everything we watch nowadays and why this film was somewhat peculiar isn't because you know we weren't like what is the thing that they're doing what kind of effect they're trying to put in it was more why they're doing what they're doing Mm. and what kind of meaning and hidden kind of motif they have behind it. And learning to Mm. realise when there is something to read into it and learning when when to realise they're just Mm. doing it because it looks good or because there's an opportunity to do it. Exactly. And like the production design at Colin's home, it's just cluttered with inventions. Oh, yeah. It's very gadgety. And I think that, like, for me, I I had to find some sort of meaning just to, like, give Mm. myself some closure. And I think that's a good thing about audiences. They'll always try and find some sort of meaning Mm. behind everything. Some sort so, of an intention. Yeah, exactly. Something and visual. I think um, the the cluttered and inventions kind of just wanted to highlight his wealth. But I when you so, see, yeah. yeah, when you see the same cluttered inventions in a darker light, it just causes so much angst. Yeah, and within. it's like discarded and abandoned. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just looks, and it just has a different tone to. Yeah the earlier cluttered inventions and later in the film he has to give everything away because he can't like afford the lifestyle of providing flowers for chloe and that's just kind of like i think that sort of is parallel to his emptiness in like the heart and he had all these gadgety fun little clicky things that he has to throw away yeah. just because like and it's like they're growing up and becoming an adult like we're talking yeah, about like, yeah, such a childish exactly. theme running through this and he has to sell his toys mm. basically mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah interesting and, yeah and even with the whole clutter kind of theme the whole film at the start is cluttered with visuals and just with a whole bunch of VFX and mm. special effects and then during the end of the film you kind of see all of that fade away there's a minimal amount and I think as an audience 
member, you kind of almost miss that clutter. Yeah, yeah. you get effects. so used to it in every single mm. scene. It's, it's almost just like stimulus overload. To see very little on it, screen. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. it makes it haunting as well because it, it mm. really feels so empty. Yeah, yeah, and, and when all, when all of the clutter and all of the color is gone, you almost feel like you're finally getting. Well, I felt like you were getting a taste of the real world mm. just for a little bit. Um, yeah, and then it's just like I'm just thinking of that really sad moment where um, our protagonist is sitting next to his piano cocktail machine, yeah, and then the other guy is just singing, um, and uh, it's just a really poignant moment. Um, yeah, it's it's such a contrast from yeah, like you said, the opening sequences in the film. Yeah. I gotta say, um, there's also kind of like a contrast between the outdoors and the indoors. I feel like because inside of Colan's home, there's so many like weird things going on. There's tons of claymation. Oh yeah, and yeah. all these like moving uh, culinary mm, things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not claymation. Sorry, I feel like. Um, I think there's some yeah, of everything. Yeah, think, yeah. yeah there's a little bit there's of, everything. of everything. I was thinking like, oh, I feel like there was something in somewhere. But anyways, um, but outside, everything's relatively normal, yeah. I would say. Mm. Towards the beginning, when they first meet, I think like, their first date is them in a cloud oh, being yeah. carried around. Yeah, on a crane. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. And the, the cloud itself is very like magical and um, has yeah. the whole kind of vibe of his apartment. But then everything else is just normal. Yeah. See, like, to me, mm. I thought the cloud was like magical and weird and like walking into the underground forest and seeing like caged pigeons and stuff is super wacky and surreal because he is with her at the moment. So it's kind of like, oh, uh, I don't want to say that Chloe is a manic pixie dream girl because I feel like she lacks a little bit mm. of substance. She's just kind of there to provide Colin with like a purpose and she and he's super in love with her and that's kind of his character arc. Um, so to me, it was just like, oh, these weird visual traits that are going on on screen is because that's how Colin decides to like see this sort of like idealized yeah. world. And he just feels most at home at his home. Mm. And that's why there are and all these And that's kind like, of how he copes things. with the world, yeah. with the external world as well, mm. by inventing things that'll mm. take him away from it yeah. in a way. Yeah, it's interesting to consider the point you just kind of touched on how the characters aren't, you're not supposed to know them. Yeah, they're not fleshed I mean. out. Mm. They're not fleshed out. They're not particularly like in depth. So we don't see mm. a strong sense of like even who they are really. It's mm -hmm. all about how, how they are with each other mm. and yeah, how they are right. with yep. the world. But not really a strong sense of like the point of them in the story and why they're there, which is an interesting decision and kind of, I would argue, better. But especially seeing as everything else is so cluttered. Mm. You really yeah. don't need it for the story. You don't. For no. this yeah. film. Like, yeah. it would be a bit too much if they did, like, some deep character. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the interaction is more important than the characters yeah. themselves. Mm. They're very equal. There's no character you become mm. particularly attached to mm. over another, mm. I don't think. Did you guys find that? Mm. I'd argue, like, Colin obviously like slightly more but you're right you don't really know him very well no. you kind of don't know how he's going to act sometimes or what his reaction will be no exactly yeah i yeah. mean i was kind of sympathetic with elise like yeah, chick's okay. girlfriend mm -hmm. just because of all that like uh it's kind of weird that you have to put that stuff with because of your boyfriend because he's like obsessed <laughs> with the cult and stuff mm -hmm. yeah um, <laughs> So I felt sorry for her, and it was pretty weird because she, like, 
Um, I don't know if the theatrical, I mean, the international cut had this, but did you guys see that part where she kisses Chloe? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So mm. like, it's kind of showing like she's unhappy with like her current situation, and she also yeah. kisses Colin. And I was like, mm. oh, okay. So this girl really wants to make a connection. Um, with other people who she cannot with like her current significant mm. other. Yeah, because yeah. So I felt sorry for her. Who's just fully in love with this other yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. She's like obsessed with. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I understood her actions in the end of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it was, because it was, it was justified. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the um, stop motion animation mm-hmm. and how the editing is also kind of like in that um, choppy fashion so that it matches with the um, the animation. So a lot of the frames are kind of like, they're not smooth, they're not streamlined, they're super stylized in a way that when you look at it, you're immediately like, oh, that's not real life, which I think mm-hmm. is pretty parallel to the overall themes of yeah. it being like a surreal part of every day. And also all of the animation is mm. not supposed to be like seamless. It's yeah. supposed yeah. to yeah. all because be obviously not different. Yeah. real life. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, and that clunky nature is kind of of the inventions kind of is like the steampunk. Yeah, type because of it's got style. like industrial backgrounds yeah. because it's got like the factory, it's got like tons of like steely look exactly. to like the yeah. outer world. Yeah. Um, also, can we address the mouse? Yeah, please. <laughs> the wee <It's> about time. <laughs> Just the wee with him. tiny man mouse mm-hmm. that's <laughs> running around. Um so I think a lot of I think some of the listeners may not have seen this movie, but basically there's a tiny man in a mouse costume <laughs> who lives in like tunnels. Who lives tunnels in the tunnel that you can see in his house, and he's a man. Like if, like you can see yeah. that he's a man in a, a literal full man. mouse suit, yeah. but he behaves like a mouse, yeah. and, and he's he treated like, like a mouse and stuff. Yeah. Um, and we were just discussing how um, Gonji actually asked everyone to make the set um, so that it's like super huge and at the real life size so that people can see the model mouse when it's like running around but zoom in on the mouse and you'll have a real life Mm. sized man with like a huge Mm. background with like all the kitchen counters and stuff and that's takes a lot of dedication people don't do that anymore i wish they did yeah because practical effects looks a lot more um interesting and like wacky than in cg because if you're using computer animation or like uh, images you're mm. immediately gonna be like something's a little off yeah. that's not gonna be real true yeah it was interesting well this was made in 2013 so they could have done all exactly of that. yeah, yeah. Like they didn't have the technology yeah. yeah it was like a stylistic a choice, choice. Yeah. yeah which worked really well i think because it it does seem old almost the film seems mm, older yeah. than it is just because mm. it plays with that but then it does have the advances of mm. kind of still looking modern and not having mm. those awkward yeah. like yeah. transitions that you would have had a while ago if mm. it had been made so it was like a good combination i think there's yeah. some claymation in there too which is cool it's yeah. kind of like the you know wes anderson yeah kind of style oh yeah it was really bit, interesting yeah. to see um to people going to that extent as well and kind of mixing in reality with this fantastical type of Mm. environment Mm. and like with that also the props like a lot of the practical props made like little cloud buggy that we see oh yeah yeah. go on their first date on and it's like i commend the people who 
built all of these props because the they really head. went. Yeah, I love the piano <laughs> cocktail the head. that he plays. Oh, that was makes really the cocktails. Cool, yeah. Maybe yeah. my favorite gadget. I is think the so. Piano I would want one of them. Tail. So cool. Or what exactly. So basically, yeah. he plays the piano, and then the piece that he plays is cut, turned into a cocktail. So mm. if he plays a wrong note or something, then something goes wrong in the cocktail mm, yeah. and doesn't and taste it good. Wild. Mm. Yeah. But it's such a good idea. It's such a weird idea. Yeah. So I feel like original. it's something you would see in like a really obscure museum somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah, someone's maybe tried that. I reckon maybe. we should. We should. <laughs> um, did anyone have like a particular visual effect that they found really interesting? I really liked it when they reversed. Yeah, um, they used a lot of reverse videos. Yeah, yeah. So they did it when they were dancing, and then yeah. I think and when water like was going down the drain. The yeah, girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and there was also a reverse with the whole vinyl. When they were skating, yeah. Oh, that was really yeah. cool. Yeah, and the, it's almost like the materials are controlling the actions of all of the actors. Yeah, and in that way, um, I think the music too controls and kind of cues a lot of the yeah. events that are going to happen. Yeah. Like um, when when Chloe visits the doctor with Colin and she gets the bad news, the song that starts playing is "Here Comes the Change," or that's yeah. a lyric mm. in the music. Yeah. And it kind of informs a lot of their daily lives. It's Mm. like, it's almost like they can't do anything on their own. No. There's so many things dictating what happens. Exactly. They have to be, they have to be dictated by like either a woman in a bird mask Mm. who's controlling the vinyl (laughs) or other materials like the doorbell. Or, you know, he can't even, he can barely even put his shoes on himself and they have yeah, to, like, like, like run away from him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which um, almost makes it seem like someone's writing the story, but they have to keep up. Yeah. yeah. They're not yeah. quite in it as much as they should be. So they have to catch up with the shoes that are already walking out ahead of them and things like that so that they can continue on their story. Yeah. Oh, what was really cool was um, when, when everything's okay, Colin wa- is walking on the normal side of the stairs and he's, and everyone's trying oh. to just, like, follow follow him and but then when he's going to go get a job in that ga- gray area he's walking on the railings yeah that was super oh weird. yeah yeah on the right. opposite side mm, yeah. it's like because like everything's just gone out of order for him yeah, yeah. so <laughs> he forgets how to you know walk on the stairs i guess yeah right. but uh yeah. another mm. like little technical thing i really liked i think this is my fave little transition when they went on their first date and the little cloud takes a little Polaroid picture of them oh, yeah. doing their like first kiss. And then we see on the behind of the on the of the picture, it says six months later, and then it skips to their life. Oh, that six was six months later. Yeah. Do you guys remember this? True, yeah. yeah. I thought that was nice. super clever. Yeah. It wasn't like text underneath six months oh, yeah. later in yeah. like Poe France. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like that. Yeah. There's like a lot of little moments in this film that are like yeah, super clever. Details that yeah. were really nice. You'll miss them if you don't if you're not like watching constantly. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, really interesting. It really demands all of your attention. It, yeah. does. it does. Yeah, I have to yeah. pause every think, now and then because yeah. I have to let it kind of like sit in yeah. my brain for a yeah. while. And I think continue. every single time I've watched it I've seen different things come out mm. of it. That's the thing. I think it's a very rewatchable movie. Like every time you mm. watch it, you're gonna get something new out of it. I don't think you ever done. That. I don't think you ever understand it. So every time you see it, you see something new or yeah, see it from a different yeah. perspective or something like that. And you definitely can't sit back and watch this film. You kind of have to mm. be ready to. Like, don't watch it when you're tired. You need some energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Pep up. It's, <laughs> and it's also just—it's just like life. It's not meant to be understood. It's—it's it's meant to be kind of. Wild. Yeah, it's just, maybe that crazy. is the point. Yes. 
That mm. is the whole baby. Mm. Mm. Yes. <laughs> did we just solve it? Maybe so. we did. <laughs> oh my. To recap our final thoughts on this amazing film, Mood Indigo. Uh, I think if you enjoy watching something that um, is going to challenge your ability to, <laughs> even your patience even, <laughs> to sit down and watch a good film, it's a, it's a good one to go for. Uh, it, uh, I think also in the end, recapping Colin and Chloe's love story through an illustration and through animating mm, yeah, uh, Chloe's book. yeah through animating Chloe's drawings was like an ode to how you illustrate your own lives to some extent but then again you see the prioritization of monetary assets and so I guess it kind of deals with the complexity of surviving versus living and what those two things mean. So if you want to challenge, if you want to challenge yourself in forming an opinion about this film, and where the fine line yeah. lies between money and living and life and love, then I think yeah. this is definitely a good movie to if watch. If you want to figure out what all of it means, <laughs> well, yeah. if you want the meaning of life, yeah. basically, <laughs> we recommend this film. Um, yeah, yeah, it's and also, I mean, it's ordinary. just for the visuals. I think if you, oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's mm. a real for, treat for sure. Yeah, mm. it's like watching art move. Oh yeah, it is. It's yeah. definitely worth seeing. I think if it's, if only for that yeah. because you re- very rarely see something that does mm. it in this way. Mm. Yeah. Which is really good, yeah. It's, I think it's more like going to an art exhibit rather than reading a book. It's Definitely. a very different uh, experience. So yeah, I give I give one cult leader in a digitized uh, glasses out of two thumbs. <laughs> I, I would say like with this film, it's a good idea. Maybe give it a watch and just kind of let it pass over you. Don't try and think... Yeah. Too much about all the yeah. symbols and the motifs. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, you'll get exhausted. Just to be enjoy honest. the moment. Yeah, just enjoy the moment. And then maybe go back after a couple of months after you've recovered uh, and then recap, analyze. But super interesting watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an ordinary life in an unordinary world, I think. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to wrap up, um, we're just going to talk about any r- movie recommendations that we have this one I would say if you do enjoy this one watch how to talk to girls at parties it's a science fiction rom-com kind of similar but more modern and more it's a bit more of a teen movie I would say but it's definitely pretty wacky and a good one to base off this in a really unrelated way as well Mm. Uh, well if you like it's it's almost a psychedelic experience in uh, Mood Indigo. So if you like something um, that doesn't follow a, a, a straightforward storyline but still has somewhat of a storyline, then watch something simplistic like The Beach Bum because uh, I think that was just a movie you can relax with. It's not yes. much meaning, but... The Beach Bum's mm-hmm. got uh, Snoop Dogg in it and Snoop he Dogg literally and plays himself. Dogg. He's just like it's a weed man in the movie, and such that's a good all film. he is. Such a good film just to rel- experience, not even think too much about it. Yeah, yeah, you don't think mm-hmm. too much. Yeah. Um, and my film recommendation this week is Stranger Than Fiction. If you enjoyed the kind of 
having your life dictated for you theme of this film, then you'll love Stranger Than Fiction. It's got Will Ferrell, Emma Thompson, Dustin Hoffman, Queen Latifah. I mean, the cast speaks for itself. And it's about a guy who learns that he's a character in this acclaimed author's novel um, and him coming to terms with that and what it means for his life and his ultimate death. So, yeah, very interesting watch. (laughs) Um, Our next episode's film in two weeks. And we will be discussing the film Being John Malkovich and it's by Spike Jones and the writer I feel like personally he's maybe the best working writer at the moment Charlie Kaufman and he's he's interesting segue because he's <laughs> written um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind ah. which Gonji has directed, yeah. who is the director of um, Moon Indigo. But um, Charlie Kaufman, he's also um, written really thought-provoking stuff like um, Synecdoche, New York, and he's also written Anomalisa, and that's entirely a stop-motion film. So he's got a bit of flexibility, but he always likes talking about that like existential dread mm. and very interesting themes, and his, work, his works get quite trippy. So yeah, that's what we will be watching. Thanks for Thank listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.